Banana Bunch, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the Juggle Gyms Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us as always. And, you know, I'll throw this out there just to be safe. I know a lot of you listen on audio formats, but if you like to watch along and see some of the wonderful stuff we're doing or maybe get an idea of what the products look like that we're talking about, I highly recommend you join us over on YouTube and watch along there. If you've got the time or the desire, it's there for you, just like I am. I hope you're all doing well. This week, we got a really long interview set up here and I think it's actually a really cool one. Um, Jimmy, who you've seen on the show a couple times, as well as TJ, one of our uh, wine managers for the Eastgate store, they just returned from a trip to Italy where they got to find out about all kinds of exclusive Italian wines that are only going to be carried here at Jungle Gyms, uh, at least, you know, as far as the area. Uh, we'll call them regional exclusives to be safe. But I'm bringing this up and we're doing this episode because this Saturday, I know I've been mentioning it for the last couple of episodes, this Saturday is our International Wine Fest at Jungle Gyms here in Fairfield. For those of you monorail fanatics, you can ride it as part of your ticket entry. There's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. You're going to be able to try wines from all over the world, including a couple of things that they talked about on the show here. But that's not all we're doing this weekend here at Jungle Gyms. That's right. I'm standing in front of the pickles because uh, we're, you know, we're hanging out here in produce. Because this weekend, you can come in and enjoy Pickle Wars, which will be going on in both stores. It'll be Saturday at Fairfield, Sunday at Eastgate between the hours of 11 and 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. You're going to be able to try a lot of really good pickles from all kinds of local vendors, amongst others. And you know what? Let me just throw this out there. I forgot where I had to put that back. Let me throw this out there. There's going to be a little fun in it for all of you, too. So if you want to come take part, maybe play a game show with me that could be on the show, you should definitely come visit me here at Fairfield on Saturday, where I'll be taping some of that, too. It's going to be a lot of fun, so definitely come out here. Huge thanks to AJ for getting this set up and bringing me on for it. AJ runs a produce department. You've met him on the show before. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm a casual pickle fan, and I'm trying to just be a, a bigger pickle fan. All of the wonderful people in my life seem to love pickles, and I'm the person out so anyway on that i hope to see you at pickle wars i also hope to see you at the wine festival and let's not go any further i'm gonna try to not ask you all to review the show on apple podcast <laughs> uh but let's dive in with jimmy and tj and heads up uh there's not gonna be an outro on this episode it's a long interview you'll hear a little bit from me at the very end and that'll be it enjoy the show you know, we've talked in the past about traveling out of the country, and I think it's something that's really important for everybody to do. And a few months ago, we talked about Italy, and then Jimmy told me about this trip he was taking. Uh, and you know what? I'm not. I don't. I'll just not bury the lead right there because otherwise. But uh, obviously, Jimmy is back on the show. Welcome back, Jimmy. Thank you. Good to be here. TJ, what is your official uh, title here at Jungle Gyms? Uh, well, first off, Chow Mark. Oh, and, <laughs> <laughs> oh this show's too cultured yeah. already. I'm starting <laughs> over. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm the uh, head of the beer and wine department at the Eastgate store. Awesome. Well, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. This is the first time me. on the show, right? It is, yes. Oh, breaking in today. Okay, uh -huh. should be a good day. I know. So, Take it easy on me, please. Uh, no promises. Uh, <laughs> you've already sat through the prank chair, so yeah. we'll be mm -hmm. fine. Uh, we should get a prank chair. Yes, we, we should. should. Um, that said... What was the point of the Italy trip this time, right? I know we do the one with the cooking school. I want to go back. I want to rewind real Please, quick. Please, rewind. Because it really wasn't my trip. It was TJ's That's trip. Right. He was invited on it. Um, 
it, it kind of swirled through the store a little bit like, hey, is this cool? Can we do this? Yeah. And I looked at it and I was a little bit jealous. And <laughs> even Jungle was kind of like, hey, why don't you go on that? And so I asked TJ I, if that would be cool. I asked the, the importers and all that stuff in there, like, totally fine. So they made some accommodations for me, which was fantastic. So I was I was a guest and it was fantastic. Yeah, I know. And he Gosh. took my wife's spot. So, you know, trouble of paradise at home. Oh, oh, it's good. Really? Just, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> just well, I, think I, I think I'm more than made up for it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So okay. So then, why did we go? That's the, that's the great question. What were we? What were we doing? Why did we go? Because because I wanted to go. That's why we went. No. The best <laughs> answer. That's the same reason I'm gunning for it. Yeah. No. I mean, it was uh, an opportunity that was put on my plate. Um, I've done some extensive wine traveling. I've been in South America. I've been to Europe a few times, but Italy was always the the hidden gem out there that I hadn't found that trip yet. And uh, Kevin Bonanno and Fredo came calling two years ago. We talked to start about right wow. before, right before the pandemic started. And we're like, yo, let's, let's get it together. You know, we'll take customers. We'll go out there. We'll show them a good time and all that. And then the world fucking stopped. Um, and yeah, beginning of this year, Fredo came calling in. He was like, dude, I don't know about customers. He's like, but do you want to go? said yeah i want to go what do you mean what kind of question yeah. is that of course i want to go yeah who says no, no to that yeah yeah <laughs> so i ran up the flagpole uh shot it up to jimmy like he said he wanted to go so he said yeah. come on yeah well we'll take you to italy and and uh you know burst your uh, your wine cherry yeah <laughs> i mean i'd been to italy a couple of times but this was the full-on wine experience which i had not had so and Fr so when you say fredo and kevin so who's who's fredo so Fredo, uh, his actual name is Fredo Lodolo. Um, he owns a import company. Uh, it's called Baron Trading. Uh, Fredo and I go back quite a ways because he was a uh, wine manager at Southern Glaciers that I've known for quite a while. Um, actually, he was there when it was Glaciers wine, and then Southern bought it, and then all kinds of stuff happened, and he left, and he had all these connections. So he started his own import company which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but his side hustle for a long, long time was he did bike tours huh. all throughout Tuscany and Piedmont and the Veneto. And Sardinia, all and over all, Italy. I mean, all he, knows, over, yeah. he knows Italy oh, very that's well. It. So he's like, so I'm going, Kevin's going. So Kevin Bonanno is uh, the son of a wine legend here in Cincinnati. Um, already uh, started 55 Degrees, which eventually became the fine wine portfolio at Southern Glaciers. Uh, and Kevin's been selling wine for about as long as I've been in the game, a little over 20 years. Uh, I've known him forever, too, and it was awesome that it just lined up that those two are working together now, and we, all three of us, were like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to have a great tour, great trip, and it was awesome. Yeah. It sounds amazing. So, yeah, just to recap, so we got the importer was Fredo, who yeah. kn who knows Italy like the back of his hand, because yeah. even in college, I think he was over there doing bike tours. So he, yeah. What a beautiful way to see the country, too, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, so he's he was very much in part of the culture we got the importer then you got kevin bonanno son of artie bonanno yeah. you mentioned is a legend in cincinnati and jungle even used to travel with artie bonanno they went oh. to, they went to france i think that's the only place they went but maybe yeah and times. jungle spit on the floor at ecam that's one of my favorite <laughs> stories yeah for customers what Perfect. is that that's like how much is that bottle of wine? uh you know chateau ecam is the grand cru it is the highest level of uh cell turn that you can possibly get you're talking four or five hundred dollars a split 
Oh, wow. So it's just a half bottle of wine. Yeah. But Jungle was over there and just loved the fact that you could just throw wine on the floor and spit. And then they took him to Ecamm and he thought he could do that there too. It's like, so, oh, yeah. no. Well, what is Ecamm that you mentioned? That's Chateau Ecamm. Oh, that, okay. that is the Salterne. Oh, I got you. Okay. So yeah. they're traveling around France. And even on this trip, there was a lot of spitting. So when you're doing a full on wine oh. trip, you drink when it's time to drink, yeah. like at dinner. But mm -hmm. a lot of times you're tasting, you take a little sip, and that thing, like that, we had right. spit buckets yeah. all the time. You're spitting, spitting, spitting. So Jungle got in that groove, or at least maybe in France, you just throw it on the floor. Yeah, you throw it on the floor. <laughs> I like that. So then yeah, that, that worked fine at all the places they were going, maybe the $20, $30, $40 bottles of yeah. wine. But then they took them to Ecamm, which is your $1,000 bottles of some of the greatest wine in the world. Yes, absolutely. And he it's was still like, wine. Yep, yeah. right on the floor. <laughs> I wish so. I could have seen it. Uh, uh, yeah, I wish too. I could have seen it. Yeah, so uh, that's well, the I'm, I'm yeah. going to bet Jungle to just dump wine on my floor in here in the meantime. Yeah, we want a little taste of the past. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so, Ar so Artie, again, Artie Bonanno, classic. You got Kevin Bonanno, who I'd never met before. So yeah. to me, it was like second generation because my dad and Artie were really tight and Artie helped us build the current wine department oh, okay. through our old wine manager way back, Dave Schmer. So a lot of history here. I was excited to meet Artie the son, sort of the, the next generations coming together. Yeah. And again, we had this great tour, tour guide, Fredo, who I'd never met before. And Fredo was a blast. And, uh, and then we had TJ. And yep. we were with a couple other wine companies, too. Um, I don't know. the What were they? Liquor Barn? Liquor Barn, yep. And, who, and then... And there was an import or a distributor out of Chicago. Okay, so it was a little bit of a mix of people, and it was a fantastic group. Everyone was super cool. Oh, I bet. So. Yeah. How could you not be at a trip like this, right? You get to educate yourself and have a yeah. little fun behind the scenes. So <laughs> for customers listening, why do they care that we went to Italy? Like, what does this trip have to do with a jungle gym shop or shopping the wine department? Well, I mean, I would hope that the majority of customers that come in here are looking for guidance. They're looking for... You know, you shop at Jungle Gyms because that's where the pros work. Right. Um, so what better way than, hey, I'm looking for Italian wine. Hey, get TJ down here. He just he just came back from Italy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a it's no. a unique one-on-one -on -one experience that we can get here in pretty much every department. I mean, I'll say every department, realistically, yeah. where you, yeah, as the, as the consumer, you're coming in here, but yeah, because we want to meet the experts. We want you to find, help me find that unique thing so I'm not buying whatever, you know, store brand yeah. bottle or whatever it is. I mean, and we'll, we'll sell you a store brand bottle too. I mean, we've got all that here, but you know, if you want to find like, screw it. You guys thirsty? I don't know. Yeah. We just I'm always man. Yeah. So this is so, one of the wines. This that is one of our wines. Yeah. So we're just, you know, it's, it's Wednesday. Let's open Amaroni yeah, in Amaroni. the afternoon. Yeah. Wine yeah. Wednesday. Why, why, why not? not? Right. Why not, There's a hashtag probably. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. So the customer should care. I mean, because we were going to find new wines that are not in the are not in Ohio yet. Yeah, for sure. No. Yeah. So we were kind of rather than buying the wine from the distributors, which we do all, day in and day out, these guys, we were going to the source, meeting with the actual wineries, and tasting their wines and deciding if we want to bring this wine into Ohio or not. So we were kind of going to the source, and customers, we want to do that so our customers have new options that are not in the state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not to mention this is a great way to kind of. Not that we need to prove it, but I mean, it is a good proof of pedigree, right? Like, yeah. you know, you actually went to the place. You know what I mean? You're discovering yes. this stuff firsthand. And then we are, look, I say it all the time on the show. We're like the first line of food defense for the public. Right. Because we're going to go try those things. And then you're going to be the one to educate us on what we're trying, right. what we're learning about. So, yeah, here, Amarone. Cheers. We were there. We saw it. We watched it get picked. We watched it get dried. Well, I mean, obviously the grapes that got picked while we were there are, sure. are still drying, and they will be for about another 100 days before it's ready to go. Oh, wow. 
anything I should be tasting for yes. in this or? So Amarone is a, a very interesting animal. Um, like kind of went into it baby steps there. So mainly Corvina is the grape that you're going to find out of this. A little bit of Raul Denala. Um, there's a couple other smaller ones too. Um, Cornavinia, I don't know. We, those aren't really used a whole lot, but grapes are picked and then they uh, go through what's called the apassimento process. So you're drying the grapes. These can be on straw mats inside of old barns or you know where we were it was just a factory so they were having fans blow on it but they sit for 120 days so the grape loses 60 percent of its juice so it's almost a raisin by the time that it's done sure lightly press it throw it in an oak barrel it's got to be in an oak barrel for a one year minimum reserve has got to be two year minimum and then it's got to sit in the bottle for another year too wow so, so pretty like this is hardcore stuff yeah. man yeah. Amarone yeah. is serious. And the generally the price prices on Amarone we're talking starting at fifties. Okay. Go up to thousands. Okay. Wow. Okay. Twenty nine ninety nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that jungle gym's price that is, that's right, so man. much about. But you don't and you don't want to get MRIs that are too cheap because the, then you're not even getting the full experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that. There are some places that sell a there's cheaper Amarones out there, but it doesn't have any of the complexity. It's not going to make you fall in love with it because no. it's missing all the nuance and all the magic. It's usually just a big sticky sweet bomb. Yeah. Where this little guy right here is, yeah, it's it's a little heavy, but it's got acid. It's yeah. Got flavor. A little and bite to it. Cranberry notes. There's little raisinating notes going on with it. There's oak to it. I mean, it's. So let's talk about that. Yeah. With wine, please. You know, everyone thinks, like the sweet wine, there's all these sweet wines out there, but the problem with those is they don't have any of the balance of acidity. And that's, and you can stop me, because TJ no, is an expert. I just have a passion. I know yeah. enough to be dangerous, I think. But sure. You don't want a wine that's just sweet. because That's not how, what wine is supposed to be like. Uh, unless you're talking dessert wine. Unless you're talking mm. dessert wine. Sure. But a lot of dessert yeah. wine, high-quality dessert wine. Oh, has it's a, tons has of acid. acid. So, yes. yeah. But a wine that's just sweet, one-dimensional, that's not what wine's about. Wine needs that little bit of acid component in there to balance it out, and that's what makes it go with food and all those things. So when we, when we drink wine, we're picking up the fruit flavors. We're also trying to pick up that acidity. Acidity. You're also trying to find your uh, tertiary notes, too, so your secondary notes of, like, umami, mushrooms, leaves, crushed sticks, like gravel. I mean, yeah. things that you don't really, you're not going to go out and actually taste what well, you might mark, but I'm, yeah, I, 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 I'm ready for it. Uh, <laughs> we're doing uh, we're, yeah, dirt soda next yeah, week. Right on. Uh, but that's, you know, the more you taste wine, the more you'll find those, those, those slight nuances. And that's what really makes wine cool. And, you know, wine's a living thing. That's what my favorite part about wine is. It, this bottle is going to taste totally different 10 minutes from now. And then it's going to be totally different a half an hour from now. And then it's going to be even more different tomorrow. And, you Interesting. know. It just yes. through like, what, like oxidation? It's just oxidation, yeah. yeah. So as soon as you rip that cork, that's starting to die. So it's decaying. So different things are going to start popping. Fruit's going to fall out. Umami's going to pop up oh. to it. Huh. So that's really cool. There's, there's, this is exciting. There's so much. I love it. So, so what AJ just said, the bottle's open. Now the wine is exposed to a lot of air. So it's changing. And when you swirl like this, you're exposing it to even more air. Yep. Right. So you're kind of choosing the level of how much you want to push the right. oxidation. Yeah. And it's good to do this, though. Oh, right? yeah, you I absolutely mean, well, should swirl. I you think. should. Yeah. But some wines, depending on their age, 
swirling it can take away mm -hmm. whatever's got left like you whatever so you you're basically in control of the oxidation um but when the wine's in the bottle so this kind of goes in all stuff it's also oxidizing mm. at us at the only the air that can seep through that this cork, cork. cork right so minute infinitesimally yes. small Right, and you'll know if it's not minute because then you'll get TSA, which is cork yeah. taint, and that means you, there's too much air that's gotten through, and then the wine spoils. Oh, okay. Is that how you end up with something kind of like vinegary almost yep. by the time you get to it? Yep. Okay. Vin vinegar or hot sauce or oh. um, oh, hot sauce, sauce wine. Let's Ooh. not put that into the universe. Yeah. <laughs> That'll exist. So, like the, oxi the, the oxidation is a huge part of the aging of the wine. So again, it's happening in the bottle through this cork. Whatever air can make it through there, they put in the barrels. We'll talk a little bit about that later, mm -hmm. I think, but. The barrel, same thing. There's slightest bit of... Yeah, they're pretty tight. I mean, okay. have, you, have you ever been to a barrel-making facility? I actually have it, but I'd love oh, okay. to see that so, process. Yeah, go, go, to, go to Bardstown. Okay. Check oh, it out. They make barrels. They make tons of barrels. Yeah, I mean, they're not the wine barrels. barrels. We they're take they're bourbon now. barrels. That'd be fun. I'd love that. Okay. No, it's it's a fun tour. Just make sure you got clothes, tennis, shoes on. You know? Okay. No no flip-flops. Yeah. Don't wear flip-flops in general. No flip-flops in general. I, my disability prevents me from hitting yeah. flip-flops, so I think I'm finally safe. Yeah. It's There's finally a perk to right. it besides the parking. So uh, was I wrong? I mean, does air is there oxygenation that's happening in the barrel at the barrel phase or not really? Sure. There's okay. some that's going to get through. Okay. But it's minimal. Minimal, okay. So anyways, the, oxygen, the oxidation of wine is really how you can open a wine up. Um, and all this stuff. So that's why we're swirling. This was, This is a pretty big wine. Some wines don't need it, but yeah. any wine you yeah. really want to, you really want to like smell it, you know, whip yeah. it around yeah. and get it in your nose. And I should say that for the audio version yeah. too, since obviously if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, like I've been politely requesting, um, you can watch us smelling it. But yeah, there's such a, you know, you got to get that deep dive in the nose. Yeah. yeah, it should. I mean, and again, you're the expert. Yeah. But yeah, I think. So get in there if you really want to, yeah. you want to get real geeky and do some stuff. Don't do one long sniff. Sniff it like your dog does. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, see, I don't know. Okay. Really get in deep. Oh, and it does change the way you take it in. Yep. I never did that. Somebody in one of the tastings doubles. was like, do that also, and then open your mouth, too. Yep, and you can do that. see the comparison. That's, I, you know, I used to do that when I did bourbon in my past life. That, okay. was, that was kind of a bourbon type thing. Yeah. And then, see, did you just see that, what he did? See what he's doing there? Yeah, we can hear the slight slurps, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so what it, is that? Swish it, and then you bring air in through your mouth, oh. too. Another so level of aeration. Yeah. Another mm -hmm. level of aeration. Yeah, aeration's a better word than oxidation. Yeah, like it's it. funny. My kids make fun of me all the time. Like, hey, why do you always drink your wine like that, Dad? Because I'm, I'm supposed to. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I worked in the wine department years ago, and I when I first started, I saw all the guys sitting around doing that, and I was like, got to be kidding me nerds are these guys for real <laughs> but after a while i now i understand it it's yeah. all about extracting those flavors to get it into your nasal passage yeah. that's the way you enjoy wine if yeah. you're just taking a sip and swallowing i, yeah. I don't know you're, i think you're missing so much i think that's yeah. a great way of putting it too it's like yeah sure you can still enjoy it on a very basic level but there's like whole other world i mean their complexity of the beverage you, you lose that really by not and, yeah. and and I think that's something that you've tried to impart a bunch of times on this show but it's it's the same with food and all kinds of things it's funny when you start viewing what you're intaking that way I find you have grow greater appreciation for it truly you know absolutely yeah and that's where you get those smells the evocative smells you know gravel road whatever I mean right but it, it brings you places and the fact that the wine has those flavors in there it's, it's pretty it's pretty awesome but yeah you miss all that if you don't really 
take your time with the yeah. product. And there's not a lot of products you can take your time with nowadays, you know, especially beverage wise. Most oh, yeah. beverages are pretty one dimensional. The soda, the soft drink. Product. Right. They're just like, if you, if you sat, you wouldn't no. want to sit there and try to smell what's in those things. Yeah. No. But it's wine like, has all these layers you want to kind of start to peel back. Yeah. I love it. You can tell I get excited. But. No, I love no. it. B bring yeah, that fashion. But, but when it comes to Italy, these, I was totally overwhelmed with the amount of wines we were trying. I don't know what we tried, what I couldn't keep track of it all. Yeah. I just was. So this was actually, as far as a supplier trip that I've been on, this was the most laid back, easiest supplier trip ever. Yeah. I mean, still, we, we tried over 60 wines the five days that we were there sampling. Oh, cool. um, I've been on others where you're on the bus at seven o'clock in the morning and you do five wineries and you drink 40 you have 40 different wines a day. A day. Wow. Yeah. Taxing. Yes. yes it, it's a lot. And by the, you know, by the end of the trip, you're, you're just in palate fatigue. You can't taste anything. You might as well just go ahead and lick the wall because it's going to taste the same as whatever's in your class. Yeah. There's a lot of flavors in wall. Yes. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> palate fatigue. And I, I liked Fredo, at least how I understood it. He said, we can visit a bunch of wineries, but after you visit so many, it gets a little. It gets a well, little. yeah, you're, you're all. Once you've seen a winemaking facility, You've seen them all. I mean, the basically, there's not too much difference between, you know, this press versus this press or this sorting machine versus this sorting machine. Now, we didn't see any the really cool like the optical sorters. That's oh. that's awesome. So that's that's high that? high tech stuff. What does that even mean? Uh, it's where each berry goes underneath a. It's almost like a laser scan. Uh, to detect if there is the slightest imperfection. If there is, that's then so they, cool. Then that's they get kicked much. out, and that's it's just crazy. they only like. I mean, I know. You know, you're not a big fan of California wine, but Opus One out in California uses optical sorting. And if it does not meet, if that individual berry does not meet what they want it to be, it gets kicked out. Amazing. Do you think that really truly improves the quality overall? I mean, not sure. for them specifically, but. Sure. I mean, if you're using the best of the best, you're always going to end up with the best product. What are you thinking? What are you tasting? Well, no, it's, it's cool. I, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, we were talking about Italy. What makes Italy cool? Yeah. Yeah, but you, all the wines we tried, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought, but that's okay. So yeah. let's go, let's start at the beginning. All oh, right. yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the presses. You said once you've seen one winery, yeah. they're kind of all it's the same. It's all about the same. But now, I, cellars are different. I mean, seeing a, everyone's different style of cellaring is really cool. Okay. Uh, especially if you bounce around the world and you see different things. The Italians do it different than the Spaniards do. The Spaniards okay. are different than the French, and the French are different than the American. I mean, everybody has their own their own thing. You know, is your cellar inside of a cave? Those are awesome. Been yeah. saw a bunch yeah, of those before. Cool. It's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was in Spain, we went to Bodegas Mamugo, which is one of my absolute favorite brands. But from press to bottle, everything is aged in oak. Like, there is no stainless steel. There is no concrete vats nothing it's oh, all oak that's really cool and it's it's awesome i mean their <laughs> their winery is probably half the size of jungle gems and most of it is giant just huge oak vats whoa <laughs> cool whoa. yeah so when we talk about producing wine is it really the french that sort of made the standard process yes so france well, I, I don't know the steps but everyone kind of copied france mm -hmm. and modified it based on their kind of because culture. they they had the first classification system that was put in place. Uh, so when uh, uh, Napoleon decided that in the classification 1855 that these four Bordeaux's are the best in the world, these Burgundy producers deserve to be Grand Cru Class A, everyone looked to those, what, what, what was uh, 
Chateau Margaux doing? What was Chateau uh, Lafitte? What, what were they doing? And what can we do to mimic what they're doing to try to raise our quality level to that? So the French did it first. The Italians followed shortly after because France and Italy are pretty damn close to one another. Right. Um, we won't even talk about the Germans because <laughs> they do their own thing. <laughs> so, so that was Napoleon, huh? Mm-hmm. That came up with that. That's heavy. Okay. Yeah, love it. So that so that makes me jump to that story we heard about. Um, so the air, the part of Italy we were in is like the Piedmont. Okay. Okay. So it, when people think of Italy, they think of Chianti and Tuscany. Right, but there's this whole other wine region that I think is better. Is right. The, the <laughs> wine connoisseurs are like Piedmont is yeah. the spot. Even maybe though, we shouldn't tell people. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, in, and if you talk to anyone, like, oh my gosh, you're going to Piedmont, blah blah blah. So we're so the big wines up there are Barolo, Barbaresco, Nebbiolo, okay. which is the grape that goes into Barolo okay. and Barbaresco, so, and then there's Barbera, and then there's Dolcetto. Okay. So Nebbiolo is the big grape. Nebbiolo is the grape that okay. goes into Barolo, which is the king of Italian wines, and Barbaresco, which is the queen of Italian wines. Oh, okay. Okay, so Nebbiolo. And that's the same grape. It's just different hillsides. Oh, amazing. Different soils, different terrible word, terroir. Yeah, right. Everybody gets scared of terroir, but it's yeah. real. It's real. Terroir Get used to is it. Real. It's real. So define that's, that that's word title for the this thing. Terroir yeah. is yes. real. Ter- <laughs> hey, terroir. You're a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> that's, that's awful. <laughs> Uh, the war so, on terroir. Yeah. Uh, what, so what? It's, it's a French word that has no uh, translation to English. Okay. Uh, so terroir is everything and anything and everything that goes into what how the wine is grown. So one, you got your you got your vine. Is it on original rootstock? Has it been grafted so that it won't be affected by phylloxera? That's a whole. Yeah. Thing I mean, we there. could. This is rabbit hole stuff we're talking now. Yeah. Uh, soil. Subsoil, climate, wind, everything. It's, it's, it's all what Mother Nature throws at this vine, what it's going to end up turning into. Hmm. What's nearby? You know, yeah. one, of, one of the wildest wines that I've had recently was a, an Austrian wine from um, Solomon. And it was 100% Riesling. It was aged in an amphora barrel, which is super, super geek stuff. It's the old school way. That's like yeah. the way these. It's clay pot. Oh, clay okay. Pot. Amphora. They buried it in a, uh, uh, um, shoot, not mandarin orange. What's the other small oranges? Um, tangerine? Tangerine. Okay. In a tangerine orchard. And the wine tastes like tangerines. Cool. It shouldn't, but right. it does because of terroir. <laughs> and when you say it tastes like it, I mean, I'm assuming you're just mean there's like it's, a note of it yeah, in there. Yeah, it's flavor profiles. Okay, okay. Yeah. cool. Yeah, the, when we talk about fruit and wine, it doesn't mean the sweetness of fruit. No. It means the flavor of the fruit. Yeah. Right. So we say, oh, I'm getting some strawberry notes. There's, it's not the sweetness of strawberry because sugar is a whole other component of wine. Sugar is what turns to alcohol, and sugar is mm-hmm. kind of isolated out and becomes its own thing. So, yeah, the, it's not the sweetness of a strawberry. It's not a, bl- a sweet blueberry. Right. It's, it's just, just, it's, it's just the, the taste. Yeah. 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 That's so beautiful. That's, yeah. I love so, that. I, I'm sorry. No, I no, just love so, the balance of it. Yeah. So, this, so, okay, so that going back to the classifications and the – French set the standard. So one of the th- stories we heard were in the Barolo region where we were at, which is now one of the finest wines in the, the world. world. Absolutely. But 50, I don't know, 50 years ago, correct me if I'm wrong. It was just, they were just growing grapes in there kind of for local consumption. And that's just the way it was. And then they said one of the Italian Barolo producers drove to France. Yeah. 
Yeah, his name is Angelo Gaia. Angelo very, Gaia. Very, very important okay. person Thank in you. the wine world. Love mm-hmm. it. Okay. Was he from, was he, that was not the place next to the. It's right next door to both. We were drinking wine right next to Angelo's house. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's cool. But yeah. Okay. So Angelo had, whatever, land in Barolo and been growing grapes. Maybe even. Yeah, his, his grandfather had. They had vineyards forever. Okay. So he drove, he heard about wine in France. Again, so he drives over there and he pulls up to this winery. I don't know which one it was or if it's important, but he pulls up to this winery in France to meet with the winemakers to learn about what they're doing. And the guy, this is the story, the guys, the French winemakers out there loading his car up with all these cases of wine. It's like a Porsche or something or whatever it was. He's loading his Porsche up. He said, hey, I know you're coming. I love the chat, but I'm on my way. I got to get on my yacht. You know, I'm out this weekend. We're going to be sailing all weekend. And so that's the first time the Italian guys realize you can make money. You can make a lot of money doing this. These guys are doing something. Whatever they're doing, we need to try to do in Italy. Yeah. So that was starting to bring in the French classification, the French processes into the Italian winemaking. Um, it, not quite that. Okay, it, hit it. That was more about the barrels. So that's what, okay. cu- that's what kicked off the Barolo Wars. So the Ange- Barolo yeah, Wars. Angelo saw... Yeah. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of infighting going on here. Yeah. So An- Angelo saw, you know, the French had these monster Bordeaux. They're super heavy Cabernet, heavy Cabernet Franc Merlot. Um, and they're aging them in these small barrels. Now in Barolo, all that they use were giant vats, like huge, huge like barrels. The I mean, you, room, there's right? probably the pictures you shared with him. I'm sure we can pull one up. They're, yeah. they're monstrous. Um, and they used them and used them and used them until there was nothing. There was no flavor left in this wood at all. I mean, they were talking hundred year old barrels. Um, and the Nebbiola grape grown in Barolo is so austere that if you're not mellowing it with mellowing it out with any kind of wood, it takes decades for the wine to be even drinkable in the bottle. Really? So yeah, you can find some Barolo made in the 1920s. It's probably fantastic yeah. right now. Yeah, because it has because yeah. the acid and the austerity of the grape right. is still it's strong. It's right. not breaking down. Exactly. The, the molecules are not breaking yeah. down. I mean, you take a take a sip of it and you're being. You know, giving a fish face, man. You know, all the it's almost like sucking on a wool sock. You know, all of your oh, okay. all of your 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 saliva is just gone. Well, Angelo said, "Screw that! I'm bringing back some French barrique." So, barrique is basically what you think of as a wine barrel. Okay. So, you wine barrel, you see a whiskey barrel. It's basically the same size. Okay. French barrique. He brought it back and put his Barolo in there, and instead of letting it age for two or three years or three or four years, he let it age for a year or two, and then had everybody try it, and everybody's like, "Oh my god." We can drink fresh Barolo. Holy crap. Right. Traditionalists did not like it at all. But now Angelo is a multi, multi millionaire. Yeah. And those old timers aren't making wine anymore. Yeah. I wonder who wore <laughs> that. And what That's were the, good. the Barolo Wars were it was the young generation versus, saying, We yeah. got to scrap these hundred year old, these hundred year old huge barrels. We got to move in a new direction. And they, they really changed yeah. the wine world. I can't remember which, it wasn't, it wasn't Guy. I don't remember what winemaker it was, but. Uh, his grandfather was still heavily involved in the, their Barolo winemaking, and he went in when his grandfather wasn't paying attention and destroyed their oak barrel with with a hatchet, oh <laughs> in order for him to put to put on. his Barolo in Barique, and he he almost murdered his grandson in the in the village square. It's amazing. So we're, yeah. Barolo wars were serious. No, it was definitely were serious. serious. Yeah. So we were what? So I forget winery that was. That was Bufa. Yeah, mm-hmm. next door. So right next we're door out Gaia. drinking on the patio there, and right next to is the the Gaia household. Yeah. It's next door, 
Um, so it's pretty cool. So they changed the, that whole area. And now, again, that's the, one of the finest wine regions in the entire world. Yeah, and that's all Barbaresco. Wow. And for everybody that's watching, you may have a chance to meet uh, our buddy from, uh, from BOFA. Um, Gabrielle is going to come and do a VIP tasting in February at the oh, Eastgate cool. store. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Amazing. He's, what, 27 years old? He's a pup making just crazy good wine, like stupid good wine. We haven't gotten it in yet. That's one that we're still waiting on. But I can't wait for everybody to try it because his Barbaresco is it's as good as it gets. Yeah, well, we keep you posted, too. That way I'd be happy to broadcast it out, too. Yeah. So, so, okay, people put wine in barrels because of why? You're looking for added dimension to the wine. You're looking to mellow the wine, soften it. So the... The molecules of the wood or whatever interact. Yeah, with you're, the, you're you're going to pick some wood tannin up um, that's going to give you flavor. I mean, there's okay. you know a, a good barrel should impact a little bit of vanilla notes to it. Um, okay. That's normally you know if you drink a big cabernet or if you drink a barolo, you're going to catch vanilla on it because that's what you want from the wood. You know, you're you're taking this big austere wine and you're looking more to round it out. Okay, okay. You, know, so you want you want out. a softer mouthfeel. Cool. So that's what the when you say things like a softer mouthfeel in this regard, and, but it also sounds like you are referring to some of the flavors too. Like it does it, both. Okay, so yep. what would you? How would you describe the taste of it pr- if you didn't do it this way? Okay, so unoaked Cabernet, unoaked Nebbiolo. I mean, austere is the best word that I can use for it. I mean, yeah. it is just so powerful um, and so tannic that it, it's hard to drink. Okay. Um, all your notes are going to be there. You know, you should have cherry notes. You should be able to pull cherry just about any red wine that you try. You should be able to pull a cherry note off of it. Okay. Um, but again, you're not going to have the secondary notes that calm it down. Okay. That makes it would sense. Be, it'd be, oh, yeah. Tannic, hard, I think hard to like. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hard to be a hardcore wine drinker yeah. to say, oh, this is good. But most people would be like, oh, uh-huh. maybe yeah, I pass. can't even with this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, and hearing tannic, that gives me a good idea of where flavor wise. Yeah. So austere, I gotta I gotta look that up when we're not on the air, just yeah, so I understand just, it just, properly. Just rough, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, rigid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so ne- the great Nebbiolo that means, and I might butcher this, but in Italian, I think that means fog. Does that sound? Oh, uh, like? you know, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I think it mean. I think Nebbiolo refers to fog, and that's sure. the name of the grape, and that's why which we, we saw plenty of while we were, we were there. there. <laughs> we, we were out on we were out on the deck drinking, and then I don't know if it was the next day or later that day. But fog descended on the entire. No, it was like an hour later. Okay, we had too much grappa. You okay, forget. so yeah, you, you <laughs> lost track of time. And I love grappa. Bit, yeah. We could do a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, of grappa. I'd love that. Yeah, if we could um, just get some of the stuff that we had over there. Yeah. So we have an image. I, I only have the image of the fog, but we have yeah. a vista where we're looking out over all the vineyards in. Bar- I don't know if that was Barbaresco. Barbaresco. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, they were we couldn't even see past the deck. It was just yeah. covered in fog. So that's like the quintessential, not terroir, but. Sure. Climate. It, it has, it has, climate. That has a lot to do with terroir. Okay. So, you yeah. know, the kind of fog, the environments that descend on the grapes, all that affects how they're grown, all that stuff. So. But they need that fog, too, though, because when we were there, uh, they said the the, uh, the rainfall this Thank year you. was minuscule. Just it hardly rained at all. Really? Yeah. Which I, I No, you need rain. Drastically. Obviously, right. if you're, you know, it's, you know, getting down to the, you know, the bare bones, winemakers are farmers. Right. You depend on what Mother Nature gives you. Yeah. Did you try this yet? I mean, it's this is you might want a some lot. more. Yeah, yeah. Now, since we first opened it, now it's kicking chocolate notes yeah. out, Ooh. some espresso. Mm. 
Oh, what I was going to say about Fredo, I loved his attitude. You can visit a bunch of wineries. That's cool. But he liked bringing the wines to us. Okay. So a lot of times we were at dinner and the winemaker would come out and bring their wines with us. Or the restaurant knew that was a winemaker. So yeah. they had all the wines lined up. There you go. And so we, we tried the wines while enjoying food in each yeah. other's company rather than on a tour walking around. Yeah. That was fantastic. I feel like that's yeah. got to be, a, a, you know, not that it would be bad the former way, but I feel like that's got to be really the ultimate way to really take these in. That was great. Yeah. I mean, you create an experience. A, it, that's exactly what it was. And, you know, unfortunately for our viewers, um, good luck getting that treatment. Yeah. Unless you, <laughs> unless yeah. you go on it, go with us. <laughs> I mean, right. it was so cool. We walked in a restaurant and uh, it was great. Yeah, wait, what are you huffing at? That no, sounds amazing. Fantastic. Talk to me. I mean, talk to me, baby. The, the amount of wine glasses that they brought to our table <laughs> over the course of the night. I yeah. Mean, you know, in America, it's like, you know, wine is so considered, it's almost like a luxury item. Like, should we have a glass of yeah. wine? Like, yeah. let's order that one glass of wine. But they were just like, bam, you know, we had beautiful wine glasses, yeah. you know, yeah. 13 of them. Boom. Yeah. All in front awesome. of Awesome. Then like. You don't, you don't repeat a wine glass. Yeah. 10 minutes later. Oh. Different wine glass, yeah. 13 of them, boom. It's like still working on this one. Then another set of new wine, different wine glasses. And it's just, they're they're just in the rhythm over there. When it comes to food, Italians just have it down. So it's not a bother to them to. Thank you so much, TJ. It's not a bother to them to get into the eating experience. So bring in wine glasses after yeah. wine glasses. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. They're right there for you. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Europe in general really nails it there. But it sounds like Italy is like. Yeah, Italy is. It all uh, runs down from that. The food in Italy is probably the best I've had in my travels. Um, Spain's a close second. Had some really good, especially on the coasts. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, everything we had in Italy was fantastic. Even that, uh, what was that, uh, that stuff that we were eating? It was veal with some type of... Some tuna on top oh, of veal it. Oh, tonato. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vitello tonato. sounds interesting. Yeah, it yeah, sounds good. Uh, no. <laughs> it no. was <laughs> interesting. We have pictures yeah. of that. I mean, the interesting thing about that was we weren't by the coast. Yeah, at all. What we thought was by the coast, but in Italy. So, okay, food is very regional in Italy. Mm-hmm. So when we were in Neve or whatever, mm-hmm. that was in Barbaresco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every time we sat down to eat, we basically had the same appetizers. Yeah. Because everyone eats kind of the same things in a small region. Now you go to another region, they've never even seen the thing that the other place eats all the time. They have their own thing they eat all the time. So in the first couple of days of the trip, it was always vitello tonato, which yeah. is thinly sliced, like cooked veal. Okay. With tuna. Paste. Tuna paste. <laughs> yeah. So. It was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. So there was that, and then... Did you like it? I liked it, but the cool thing was they're close enough to the coast, so they told us that in the history... Maybe it's an hour down. Yeah, south. it's not too far. They away. get to the mm-hmm. coast, so they've always had a culture of eating tuna. Okay, in the these wine regions in Barbaresco, which is kind of a disconnect for us. It sounds delicious to me. I would definitely give it. Yeah, a that shot. and and tartar. We had lots and lots of tartar. Just a pile of meat, of raw meat. <laughs> yep. Why not? Here you go. And that, again, everywhere we went, it was like boom, boom, boom. That's just what they eat in that region. So it goes with the food. It was super simple. Um, I miss it. Yeah, I, I I miss a lot of it. Um, I could probably do without the. Yeah, whatever, that, whatever that, and be, that became a, a joke, whatever the hell we were yeah, eating. The, <laughs> <Tata>? uh. <laughs> so anyway, we got, so yeah, we talked about, I don't, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, my main takeaway was watching these guys do their thing yeah. and all those steps that are behind a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. 
So for you to get that bottle of wine on the shelf, there's so many things that have to happen again, back starting back with the farmer and it's, it's right. truly an yeah. agricultural endeavor. Um, and you talked about terroir. I mean, I, I, I wrote these notes while I was over there. Like some of the things the winemakers were talking about, it's the hill placement, like where the grapes are on a certain hill. So it's like sun exposure, mm-hmm. just general weather exposure. That mm-hmm. all affects how the grapes grow. And they have to treat the grapes differently depending on where they're at in the vineyard. So um, location, wind exposure, I, I mean, TJ was telling it's, me. It's minimal. I mean, <coughs> you're, you're more looking at sun exposure. Um, there's a term in that we like to use uh, called, um, uh, shoot, just completely lost my train of thought there. Uh, anyways, the, the difference between uh, how hot it is during the day and how cold it is at night. Oh, okay. Um, that is key in, in wine production. Um, you want it hot during the day. You want it cold during the night. You want, you want that temperature fluctuation for the grapes yeah, to, that's cold. yeah. yeah. But I mean, so if it, we were there and if it rains, then they're picking the next day or they picked it before it rains. So like there were times yeah. we couldn't get down the roads because their tractors were picking. It, picking stuff it's out. like they pick when they have to pick. Right. I know it's obvious, but the wine world, this is such a polished final product mm-hmm. that on the back end in the, in the vineyard, it's like. There's so much that goes into it. Yeah. It's not polished. It's literally hands in, your, in the dirt. It's, All uh, year. I mean, basically from the beginning of spring, as soon as what's called bud break. So, you know, once, you, once you've harvested for the year, your vines go dormant. So, you know, they're not doing anything from November to maybe the end of March, early April. Bud breaks happen. Now you got to pay attention to what's going on because you've got to uh, watch your shoot management. Okay. So all the new, everything new that's coming off of that that vine, that's where your new grapes are going to come from. So you got to see how, you know, what that shoot looks like, how the 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 leaves are forming on it. Is there mildew on the leaves? Is there not, you know, it's, all these it's, little things it's forming. Yeah, yeah it's, way it's, before you get way to before like, you even see what a berry. kind of grapes yeah, are going to come right. off of it. And then you have to watch your clusters and make sure that there's no pests on it. So that's another thing we didn't, you know, the, the organic thing is huge now, or it's getting much bigger here in wine, but that's, Italy's been doing it for generations. It's not going to spray anything on my grapes. Are you kidding me? Why would I do that? Yeah. No. I feel like that would be treasonous. Yeah. And the grapes, the way the grapes, so there's two ways to basically, there's probably well, there's, more, a, there's hundreds of ways. Hundreds of ways, yeah. but the two main ways so are. So what we saw was the trellis system. That's the most popular way of, of training a, a vine. So your vine comes out of the ground, and you want to split it in half. So it almost comes out and almost looks like a T. Um, and that can be, you know, from chest waist high to chest high. It's okay. kind of where, where you're going to have your trellis system. Um, and then for your more, I prefer uh, the uh, Oh, shoot. Yeah, called. yeah, that was the French term, right? Yeah, dang on. I've got it written down here. But somewhere. the trellis is for hand hand picking. Pergola. Pergola? The pergola system. So that those go up almost as tall as I am and then loop back down, and then your berries are hanging right at your face, basically. Interesting. So they train the plants so they're easy to pick. Yeah. Okay, that so makes it's sense. all about. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next question. Us. And then one of them is machine. One of them you can machine pick. That That's your trellis system. Trellis system. Yeah, so those are fun because you just see these tractors. They sit on these huge wheels, you know, they're seven, eight feet tall, and they straddle the vines, and then there's this little, it's not little, it's a, <laughs> it's a shaker, basically. It goes through, and it shakes the vine until it lets all the berries loose and then collects it into a into its basket, and oh, then they cool. just move on. Yeah, so it's like yeah. the, the machine is driving, and the vines are in the middle of the two tires. 
that makes sense it's uh, yeah. in the middle yeah. i love it yeah that sounds cool i, I feel like that's got to be amazing to watch it is cool i yeah. mean that's what you see in your major producers and stuff uh you know you're more eclectic yeah cool you know fine wines they ain't doing that they're like hand picking <laughs> yeah you're hand picking right? everything at night by whatever the biodynamic calendar says that you should pick and <laughs> We're not going to go down real. that rabbit hole either. <laughs> Which is another real thing that I don't yeah. know much about, but you guys were kibitzing. Oh, it's real. Yeah. It's it's witchcraft, but it's real. <laughs> cool. Mm. I, if it yeah. works, I'll believe in it. So, so then there's all that stuff, but then there's the personality. Again, this is the stuff I wrote down over there because I'm just like, there's so much going on here. Again, I love that you the, did that. The personality of the grape. So all the stuff about growing a grape, then each of the grapes has a different kind of personality and different tolerance for... Mm -hmm. The environment. Some grapes are hardy. Some grapes you got to be real gentle with. So there's all that going on. Um, skin type, and then and then there's like then I was also thinking, then the winemaker also has to then express their vision mm -hmm. and no. do justice to the history of the winery and do justice on right. the world that's, stage. So it's like that's all done in the cellar though. Okay. With the winemaker, the wine makes itself once once it's pressed, once it's inoculated with yeast, and it's created alcohol. It's wine. Is it the wine you want to drink? Probably not. Right. Um, it's what the how the manipulation's not the right word, but it kind of is. What the winemaker wants out of it. Is it going to see 100% French oak? Is it going to see new oak? Is it going to see old oak? Is it going to see this barrique, or is it going to see this giant, you know, huge oak vat? Uh, Am I going to keep it 100% Nebbiolo? Am I going to put some Barbera in? Am I going to put some Dolcetto yeah. in it? Am I going to make a blend? That's all mad scientist stuff that's going on in, in your winemaker's head, okay. and it's magic. <laughs> so that's not really happening at the agricultural level. That's mm. more, let's get the best product off these vines, yeah. and then we can... But you have to plant the right grapes for the right environment. I think that's what you were touching on just yeah. a minute ago. You know, can I plant Cabernet in Cincinnati? Sure. Is it going to grow? No. Right. Yeah. If it does, if it gets berries, am I going to make wine out of it? Oh. Yeah. No, it's too humid. We got terrible soil here for grape growing, and it's just diurnal sh shift. That's the word diurnal I was looking for. Diurnal shift. Oh, that's the shift. day and night. That's, that's the day and night. Yeah. It, just, it took a minute for me okay. to, to bring it up, but oh, that's cool. That's a great word. But yeah. we don't have that here, you know. In the summers good. here, it's just hot. It's humid. Yeah. It's hot right. at midnight. You know, it's hot at three in the morning. It doesn't cool off. Whereas you go to Washington State. Up on route Red Mountain, it could be 98 degrees during the day and 45 at night. Yeah, you know, those grapes are just like ah, yes. <laughs> I like that they. I like that they love that kind of the yeah, dichotomy, yeah. right? The little split. It very so interesting to me too, because I mean, there's obviously so much that goes into well, all aspects of farming, yeah. right? But especially this, and it's one of those things I know I didn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, all of you are yeah. learning something too. <laughs> so I yeah. yeah, and then and then one of the things I thought was cool was. Um, one of the presses we saw, yeah, the guy's like, oh yeah, that's one of those those presses. It's like a bladder, mm -hmm. like they rather. So you think about like stepping on the grapes or like these big kind of like, right? That's kind of old school because you, I think you ultimately end up pressing the tannins out of the stems and the okay. seeds and stuff like that. But well, you also don't want to you don't want to bruise the grape. Okay, you just you just want to give it enough pressure so that it the juice runs out of it. You don't necessarily want to explode it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this one was like a bag that inflates. A it, it gently press pushes the grape, oh. gets the juice out, and then it like yeah. Well, we, we saw that at Verna, okay. which are the high end Barolos. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. that place was cool, man. She 
was the very first female to graduate with an oenology degree from Italy. That's amazing. Study of wine. What's that? Yeah. Study of wine. Study of wine. You know, mm-hmm. you know? So she was really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I like the bladder system too. That sounds really just kind of fun to watch. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, yeah, that's what I see. That's where I, everyone's like, everybody knew on the trip what that was. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Like, what's going on there? He's like, that's a that's a bladder. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Because you want to you want to be a gentle, soft so. squeeze. Yeah. 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 And there was I'm just into this it. was just a big vat of grape juice on yeah. the bottom, and then that gets. What happens once they have grape juice? You said inoculate the yeast. What's that? That's Inoculation about. just means that you're adding yeast to the grape juice. So the yeast starts to munch on the sugars. The mm-hmm. sugars then create carbon dioxide, which makes alcohol. So kickstart the process. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the sugar in the grape. So, so we tried grapes in the field, and they were mm-hmm. very sweet. Interesting. Which you want yeah. them to be sweet because when you, you want the yeast to eat that sugar. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. makes alcohol. So eventually the more the yeast eat of the sugar, the drier and drier the wine gets yeah. and the more alcohol. Very interesting, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah, as far as the process goes. But I was I was picturing the grapes wouldn't be sweet. See again, this is me being the. Uh, that's what I was thinking. I was too, thinking, though. oh, wine grapes. These are going to have some tannin, have some uh, acid. Right. Yeah. No, they need to be sweet because they work off that sweetness yeah. to make the wine. No, they're they're sweet, but they're not table grapes. They're not. No. They're not Lambrusca grapes. These are all vinifera grapes. So that's the two different kinds of grapes that are. Class wise. Thank you. By the way, yes, yes. read my mind. Yes. I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. More yeah, vinifera. <laughs> <laughs> Ventus vinifera is what you make wine out of, and uh, Lambrusca is what you have table grapes like Concord grapes. Now, there are yeah. people that make wine out of those grapes. I personally will not drink them. We'll but talk about that. Yeah. We, we sell them. We sell a lot of them. Yeah, They're very popular, like but it's just not it's not my gig. But yeah. again, those are the wines that are missing. That. They're missing any kind of yeah, acid. They're, but it's the balance thing. It's yeah, all, they don't it have, they're remi- not balanced. It reminds me of our discussion about dessert the other night. You, we about. talked about dessert, how a lot of American desserts, generally speaking, are just like, sure. all right, I'm going to make <laughs> yeah. the sugary cake layer. I'm going to fut- I'm gonna put a sugar layer in between, and then I'm going to frost the whole thing in right. sugar. And so there's just one note. It's like a different textures, but all one note. But then we were having that yeah. that Mediterranean uh, honeycomb cake the other night. Oh, yeah. Which was beautiful, that right? Was fantastic. We, it was so it was balanced. Layered. It looked like it was going to be an opera cream cake. It was I was worried about was, it. But it was... <laughs> Kind of dry. It had a little crunch to it. It was it awesome. Sweet. Oh, when it came, to, when I saw it come out, I <laughs> saw it serve you the plate. I was like, "This is about to be hilarious." Yeah. And then it was really balanced. I was like, "Oh, this is not funny. It's delicious." I went back yes. in so, a couple times on that. Yeah, it was great. So I don't know. I, I mean, oh, we talked a lot about cork type. This is a personal. I, are we talking too much about the details of wine? I don't know. Cork. That's the point of the show. It's fine. Cork. No, talk to me, baby. Cork. Yeah. What about the cork? Cork Cork is a whole thing, man. Cork is a whole... And some of the people on the trip, I'm kind of a cork nerd. I don't know that much about it. You've been to Portugal. That's where a lot of cork comes from. You say cork school? Cork nerd. Oh, I thought you said you've been been to to Portugal. Oh, to Portugal. There probably is a cork school. I was was like, oh, you've been to cork school? Yeah, Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he was too busy soaking the cork. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean... (laughs) Hopefully Lauren Michaels doesn't sue me for that one. I don't know what that is. You guys got me on that one. So we'll we'll explain you. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Just so cork, man. You know, cork comes from. Uh, it's an oak tree, but right. it's a specific kind of oak tree. It's a cork oak tree, and it's made from the bark. It's the only tree that you can take the bark off of it, and it doesn't kill the tree. Yeah. And it, it's like thick. But it takes so long to grow them, though. Those trees are. I don't even. I I, I probably should have looked it up before we were. I think doing it's this podcast. twenty-one years. Since I, I want to say harvest of cork. Yeah. Wow. It's a long it's crazy. time. Long game. And yeah. you cut off the bark, chunk, 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 and then it takes seven more years for the next time you can harvest the bark. Oh, wow. So, so the, a little quicker on the second one. So that's there, is, there is a shortage of cork right now. Right. Um, and you'll see a lot of... Uh, 
there's some big time producers that are using what's called Stelvin enclosures now, which okay. those are your screw cap. Okay. Yeah. And I will tell your listeners right now, do not disawine because it has screw cap. There's nothing wrong with it. It actually ages better than cork. Really? Cork is more fun. It's more aesthetically pleasing to get your get your corkscrew out and you know pull yeah. that sucker right out of the bottle. That's that's fun, but a Stelvin enclosure, you one you won't get a cork bottle of wine. There's no air that's being able to get to it, and you know majority of what you're having at restaurants is Stelvin enclosure. Yeah. Do they and age they, in Stelvin? I thought sure. Stelvin they still age. Okay. Yeah. I thought absolutely. that was like a discussion where. Okay. Well, there's more and more research coming out of it because it's a newer thing. Okay. But it's, no, cork is cool. And there's different kinds of cork. There I mean this could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not really Save yeah. for the cork episode. It would it would uh, I need cork. to do a little bit a more expert. Yeah. Someone who's not a cork school. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it's a very cool product. It takes a long time to harvest it, so it's very labor intensive and there's all different kinds of cork and you start looking at them you can see which ones are composite, which ones are high yeah. quality. Sometimes they glue them together. So sure. it's just a it's a little, it, and, and generally I would say a wine with a nicer cork is going to be a nicer yes, bottle of absolutely. wine. Absolutely. If you're investing money into a nice cork, then you, you truly believe in the juice that's in your bottle. Didn't yeah. we talk, was that the Giancarlo guy that said his yes, cork, he, he guarantees he, it 100%. Wow. Best cork in the world. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed he, that it's not going to have any chemicals in it that can cork your wine right. or whatever. Huh. But what did he pay? He's paying $5 a cork? Yeah. But you can pay up to twelve dollars a cork or something that's, like that's that. That's madness. Crazy. But yeah, yeah, wow. But so this dude grows all of his grapes, everything one hundred percent biodynamic. This is one of the and, guys we visited. Yeah, we mm-hmm. sat in his house, like his daughter yeah. was there. We, we didn't go to a wine or yeah. anything. We went to yeah. his house. <laughs> Some dude's house. Showed yeah, up perfect. to his I house. It. He's pulling bottles out that don't even have labels on them. They're just written with with uh, chalk or you know marker. I'm like, try right. this, this, and this. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think he gave you the education of a lifetime on biodynamics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone, what did someone ask him? Like, what's the difference between? No, oh, that was Daisy. And biodynamic or whatever. Yeah, he boy. was like, he was like, how much time do you guys have? Like, yeah, right. I'm, yeah. he's like, I'm here all night. I live here. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. And it was very fascinating. Huh. You mentioned that you're a cork nerd. Do you have like a cork preference? Is that a no? Weird I just ask? no. I don't have a cork preference. I just notice cork now that I know how um, how cool of a product it is. That's all. And I talk about it. Yeah, I love it. No, it's fine. It's one more dive in. I love weird it. things, but no, but this, yeah. And I didn't realize <laughs> how dare get you get so. Ex- yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it could get so expensive. Like he was talking yeah. specifics. Like he went up to cork? five dollars. That was his limit. Like yeah. yeah, but that's one of the best corks he could that's, he could find. Yeah. And what would even be the variance above five dollars at that point? I don't point, know. Right? I, you know. And the dude's making wine that really wasn't. Actually, let me look it up real quick. I don't. His wines weren't really all that expensive, really. Yeah, forty bucks, right? Yeah, retail. So, so you're like an eighth out of, of that. Yeah, is out of forty dollars, five dollars of it is just the cork that but, goes but, into that one. But that's because he was so hardcore about producing a high quality yeah. product. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, this guy was. But that's up our alley, right? We like no, the passion he, of weirdos. Oh, oh he yeah. was super passionate. Yeah. I would have loved to be. That would have been the yeah. episode, right? And he was saying one of the things that stuck out, stuck out to me was, you, you get snails in your vineyard. That's the thing that can happen. And he's like, you know, there's pesticides for those, but mm-hmm. he's trying to do everything the total right way. So he's like, the, the traditional method is you, you buy ducks and then ducks eat the snails. So you put ducks out in your vineyard and they will eat the snails. Elsewhere, they would say you got to spray for those. So yeah. it's little things like yeah. that. He talked about sheep. You put sheep in your vineyard because the way sheep eat, they actually pull up 
the grass roots, so oh. they lift the soil up and they actually yeah, naturally it. aerate like the natural soil. Aerates. Oh, that's brilliant! And then, and then they yeah. shit in there, and you get fertilizer out yeah. of them too. Yeah. So the and it's you, a full system. If you're really hungry, then you just go have some lamb leg. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. So it was that guy was one of the coolest guys we met with. That sounds really. Um, I love that you had so many like personal. I mean, I knew you'd have personal interactions, but I like that they were so fruitful too. That you get to have these kind of amazing experiences. Yeah, we haven't even started talking about Bronson yet. <laughs> Bronson. Yeah. Oh. And then the fact that we were one, so we're a small retailer, but we're not a small retailer. Sure. The so of we're mom we and pop. We're mom on. and yeah. pop. But, but, but when we were talking to some of these other people that are like 30 chain, 30 chain grocery stores, yeah, sure. the amount of business we do is like kind of crazy. Yeah. They, it, they just could not fathom that we, what we pushed out between the two sure. stores. Well, I think we are in a very unique position. I mean, we mentioned that we kind of touched on this earlier, though, that people drive from all over for our expertise, right? And I would imagine we're in a part of the country that's not necessarily known generally. This is I'm not trying to be mean about it, but not known for, um, you know, the Midwest is for a long time has been flyover states, right? So yeah. it's like not a place of culture. So it's like when you have something like this, we're such a bright spot, you know? I had a guy in here that literally walked in right before you guys came in from the UK who came specifically as part of this US tour he was doing just because of this, just because of what Jungle Gyms could offer. So I imagine that that's gotta be, I wouldn't say uncommon, but like, you know, that's something that we, we kind of should revel in yeah. a little bit. It was interesting being with other retailers and it was cool watching you guys taste. And one wine you're like, oh yeah, this will do really well in the jungle. And then those guys might've been like, I couldn't sell this if I wanted to sell it. My, right. I just know my customers. Right. And it was really cool. It was really interesting. So there's all these, these nuances. So that was the cool part of the trip, seeing, again, being with the importer, mm -hmm. taking us to visit the winery. So the, produ the people that make the wine, the importer is the one that can you know, get the wine out of that country somewhere else. So right we, were with the, we were at the wineries with the importer, then with the distributor, who's the person we're actually going to buy it from locally once the importer brings it in the state, okay. and then with the retailers. Yeah. So it was the full wine industry. Yeah, we had it all, it. all wrapped up in one in our, like package. In our entourage, yeah. yeah. Breaking was, the food chain, literally. Yeah. It was super cool. That's what, and I've been, you know, in the, I've worked in the wine department, I've been in the jungle for a long time, but I never had seen that whole system all at once. And, and the way it was works, working yeah. and clicking, and you guys actually making the decisions. The importer, you know, we're with the winery, and if you didn't like the wine, the importer's like, I'm not going to bring it in, because I know... But if you say, I like this wine, the importer will make the deal with that winery. They'll bring the wine in just for us. Just for us. Amazing. Yeah. So do we find some stuff that might be some... Uh, yeah, let's talk. Because we've been talking about it. People are listening yeah. like, oh, my yeah. God. So well, how do we try all these wines? Right, so exactly. The so, so is this a plug for Wine Festival first off? Should sure. I start well, I there? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I think we just did it. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> so November 12th, come <laughs> come to Wine Fest. And I think yeah. uh, I think we, uh, by the time, definitely by the time this airs, but I think we are very close, if not sold out, of the connoisseur level tickets. Connoisseurs are just about gone. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. But we still have yeah. general admission tickets, mm -hmm. right? That get You still get to taste the wines. Yeah. So I'm assuming there uh, will be there will be some wines that we picked from Italy that that will be fresh off the boat, perfect. fresh at the jungle, at Kevin Banana's table. So you can oh. actually talk to one of the other guys that was there with us. Oh, amazing! Yeah. yeah. So cool. how many wines did we kind of walk away with purchasing? Twenty. Okay. Twenty. So maybe twenty-five. Twenty. Twenty-five. So like a little new. over a third of what you tried ended up coming yeah. back. Yeah. That's. I, I think that's a good number. Yeah. Yeah. So Anything you're really excited about in particular? Can I ask that even? Sure. Okay. Um, I, that these, I, I'm over the moon about this Amarone for 30 bucks. I think this is an absolute yeah. steal for $30. Yeah. 
um, and this is one of them. Um, next step below this, we have a, a Valpolicella Rapasa from the same same maker here uh, at seventeen ninety nine. I mean, these wow. the, these prices are ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, this for the, is for the quality. I mean, they're they're basically half price of what you pay from the major producers. It's amazing. Yeah. Those are great. Uh, when the Virna wines come in, her Barolos, or we talked briefly about her being the first uh, yeah. winemaker with a degree, her wines are crazy good. Um, and we may be picking up a special label just for us from her, too, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can't drop too much deets on that because I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Well, when you let's do it this way. When you say a special label, what do you mean by that, then? That it's going to be sold here and here only. Okay. So a little jungle gyms exclusive. Yes, exactly. It's not gonna. It's not gonna have the JJ on the label, but no, no one else is gonna have it. That's really cool. Again, yeah. one of those things that makes us really unique. You know, right. come out and visit us. Come out and visit us. Yeah, right. So this keeps me employed. Yes, twenty somewhere. So I'm actually interested to get them back in and then try them at my own pace rather than yeah. like have them all on the table. Yeah, no um, way. When they all show up, we're going right in the JXC and we're putting them all on the yeah. table. Jimmy, <laughs> and we're going through them. We're you go have through you them. have three minutes. Yeah, I thought the Barbaresco. Dalbas were the ones that kind of, was, is that right, Barbaresco? That were there Barbaresco's Dalba, Dalba, Barbaresco. Yeah, mm -hmm. There's those are the ones that I was kind of like more curious about because normally they're pretty light in America. The Barbarescos and the it depends on what you buy. I mean, the Barbarescos that we were drinking over there were crews. I mean, they were they were individual vineyard sites, okay, um, made by really cool producers. So a lot of wines coming in. We're going to set up two displays. And this is, I mean, TJ, I'm telling you what TJ told yeah. me. We're going to set up two displays, or at least a big display at Eastgate. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. There'll uh, be a display in Fairfield, too. Okay. Yeah. We're going to put a video up of our trip and our travels. and Probably some, some clips from this. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. 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 Love it. That way they can get a deep dive, too. Yeah. I think that's so fun about this. So, of course, thanks for having me be a part of it, too. I appreciate it. Oh. I love learning about this stuff. I'm slowly but surely trying to really dip my toes in everything. Okay. Um, but not physically yeah. in this case, you know, now that I heard that we're not stomping grapes anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, but you take baths in chili, so I'm sure I would bathe in, I would yeah. bathe in a nice Barolo, a little Barolo bath. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. go. That's uh, this year, yeah. How do we tie that in with Cincinnati Heritage? Yeah. I don't know. They won't care otherwise. <laughs> and we might want to go back next year. I mean, I want yeah. to go back. I think Fredo's going to take us, again, Barone, Barone, I call Barone, it Barone yeah. training. But it's training. not because yeah. it's from the Baron. Some of the Baron, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I feel like uh, between this and our Don episode, you would live in Italy happily ever after forever if it, given the opportunity. Uh, I, think so I don't know about living there, but I definitely like to travel. Yeah, that's good. Sure. But yeah. So the the side of Fredo's book that we haven't touched on yet is is Tuscany. Okay. And he represents a lot. So he floated it while we were there. Do a Tuscan trip next year. Hey. I said, hey, if we can get it approved, I'm all for it. And also. Fredo might be your guy, or you're working on a trip. Yeah, we're doing customers. Doing customer trip. I was going to be one of my questions. That was one of my big questions, honestly. Yeah, so. or uh, very uh, infant stages of that. Yeah. Um, we've done trip to Oregon. We've done trip to Napa. We've done a trip to Portugal and Spain. Um, next year is Italy with Mr. Fredo. Yeah. Um, I will have a lot more information probably about the first of the year. Uh, Fredo is still in Italy, and he's going to be there for another two weeks. Um, Tying up loose ends for not just us, but for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and by the time he's back, then it's November, and I mean, this will be your first holiday in the jungle, won't it? No, second one. Second so one, I came okay. in like, just, I, I'm honestly, I just passed my first year. Oh, well, so, congratulations. Yeah, you guys are stuck with me now. It's yeah. good news <laughs> for me, awful news for all of you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, November, December in the jungle, especially in the beer and wine department, is 
just crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy town. So yeah. we'll have I'll have more information, but yeah, we're definitely going to do customer trip to Italy. Um, Mainly because then my wife can go and I sure. quit getting shit on at home. Of course. No, I get it. Like, whatever it takes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, fine, we'll go to Italy. But I, Just I, stop. I, I need her by my side because you, Aww. you know, you take 25 people to a different country and you drink wine all day. Um, sometimes it's herding cats, man. It takes yeah, multiple sure. cowboys to, to get, yeah, them all right. on, that's a lot. get them all on the bus. I'm bringing my saddle on the trip. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Uh, on that end, too, is there a good way you would like the audience to maybe keep up with you for that. I'm assuming. You'll oh, this will, will, there'll be social posts. There'll be cool. emails that are going out once. Is once there like a wine related email that we have? I know we have the beer club, for example. Well, yeah. Wine passport. Come okay. On, yeah. Everybody, everybody sign up for wine passport. Thank you. You, that was what I was hoping. Yeah. For you to say. If you want to, you want to know what our Rob and softballs. What, yeah. You know what our, what our wine tastings are. Um, yeah, wine passport's cool. And the, yep. is that the deal? You get the deal every week? Yeah, weekly deal. Well, it's not every week. It's okay. when we have them. Okay. We, we shoot out deals on only for Tuesday and Wednesday. Members. Yeah, only to Wine Passport Perfect. members. Uh, all the information, uh, you want to know about Wine Fest before everybody else, you'll know what we do every month at both stores. So yeah. you know, if you are out here but you think that my tastings are better, you can come see me out on the east side. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. We're actually going to host, vice versa. We're gonna host yeah, our yeah. own Barolo Wars <laughs> yes, in yeah. the store. Yeah. Yeah. I want to broker a peace treaty between the, the east jungle, and Fairfield Jungle Wine Wars. <laughs> We should do our own Barolo. <laughs> I would love that. I'm in. Listen. Mm. Who can sell more Barolo? Oh, that's a good no. question. I, Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. Good. I was like, I don't, I can't help. I, I can't a little bit. I'll just tell everybody it's happening. Yeah. So pick your favorite store. So we're just real quick. I think we're kind of winding down. But yeah. so this Amarone here, like someone, who, someone's like, I've never heard of an Amarone. What kind of wine drinker would like Great Amarone? choice. You're a big red drinker. Um, I could steal any California Cabernet drinker and be like, come try this. Okay. Okay. Because it has a lot of the same characteristics. It's heavy, you know, heavy on the mouthfeel. It's got a lot of tannin that grips you. It starts a little bit up in the front towards, the, you know, your incisors and works its way back towards uh, your molars. That's a sign of a good wine. Um, but there's so much more going on here than what you get off a $30 nap Cabernet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Simply complex. I kind of get that. Yeah. You know? No, and complexity is where it's at. And I love it that it's Why be I mean, bland and boring? You know? yeah, right. yeah. You're talking to a guy in a yeah. psychedelic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> I get you. <laughs> no, it's yeah. beautiful. And it is it's been wonderful to really notice. It, you know, for me, as I'm still really kind of new to this wine, I, I'm honestly yeah. hoping I'm looking at the wine festival itself as like a great kind of just easy way for me to dive in and learn a lot at once. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, uh, you know what we yeah. haven't talked about that we probably should talk uh, about. Oh, yes, please. So Wine fest, you gonna drink the whole day? Or you gonna spit? Oh, I would assume. You better, I'm, I think I'm. A, I'm gonna have to be a spit. You better spit, man. Yeah, don't, don't be ashamed. ashamed. No, no, be ashamed. no shame at all. Yeah, there's spit buckets and AK dump buckets too. At yeah, I'm table. into it. And you and gotta be crazy not yeah, to do that. Yeah, you will be completely sideways falling down the steps right, if yeah. you go through and try every single one of those ones. And there will be people that will do it, and you can sit back because you spit and be like, hey, 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 look at that idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Like it never fails. It yeah. never does. Oh but don't, to all of our audience, don't be scared to spit if you're going yeah. to be trying just tons and tons right. of wine. Yeah. And that's and, the pro move, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, how I've much, never seen an amateur in the spit bucket. Yeah. You know? I mean, how much wine can you really taste before your palate gets? It depends on how. Okay. I, I mean, I think it's okay. There's person no by standard. Person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I uh, I keep thinking about how honestly the so the funny enough the first person to ever tell me about the swirling of the glass for example was you yeah. when I just happened to be it was like r- really oh yeah early. I think I pulled you into a wine yeah thing. it was like, great it was awesome man. I was just sitting there and I was taking pictures I remember and I was texting it to one of my friends and she's just like I can't believe you're just sipping these at eleven in the morning I was <laughs> like yeah no big deal she's a big wine fan yeah so it was really funny I was like oh. Well, sorry, Sable. You can't enjoy this the same way that I can. But uh, no, it was really nice. And so, like, that was just that one thing where I'm like, oh, you know, a slight touch on, like, the aeration process and how it affects the wine. So what I was going to touch on before was that it's been nice in the last hour we've been in here to notice how this has changed and grown. Dramatically. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a totally different wine than we tried an hour ago. You mentioned the chocolate note. I Mm -hmm. picked that up quite a bit. I also get kind of like a little bit of a maybe a peppery kind of a thing. Yeah, you get some pepper off of that. And that's the cool part about wine is yeah. it's it, like it's a living product, right. like you said. Even yeah. as it's grown, even in the bottle, it's still changing. And so, and it's Beautiful. cool. It's great. You know why it's so good with food? It helps digest everything. Oh yeah, it's, it's digestive too. Perfect. Eat, you know, Ooh. eating the food for you. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. all right in that case, and like don't ruin this. This is my addiction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys think? I mean, I thought. I mean. I think we nailed the power. I, I, I think we too. killed it. Yeah, yeah. listen, I lo- Jimmy, I always love when you come on here. I always like that you, I, I really like when you take the leadership role in this, especially if it's a topic you're passionate about. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean well, it, truly. Know. Like, I, you know, for me, I I occasionally wish I could be the audience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Where, you know, especially for something like this, that I am, I am very curious and interested about. And I have to imagine that I am similar to probably a lot of audience members who, Maybe we're drinking the sweet swill because we just don't know better, right? And there is kind of a barrier to entry. I, you know, I, I joke just watching the internet enough that, like, uh, here's a great example. I'm a relatively recent coffee convert, right? Like in the last five mm. to ten years. And the reason, and the reason was, I like, I have a pretty wide palate and interest of taste. But I found that going to a coffee shop was always an anxiety-inducing experience because I'm like, oh, you have like 30 things on this menu. What the fuck does any of that mean? What is yeah, a okay. flat white? Or you know what I mean? And, right. and the mm-hmm. thing is, you know, if you're going to any of the chains. They don't have the time. You know, it's like what 16-year-old behind the counter wants to be like, a macchiato. You know, they, right. you know, so that's awkward. And I imagine that that probably happens in a lot of other food and beverage-related things. So, it's, I, again, maybe this is just me speaking to the successor of the power of Jungle Gyms is that I never feel that way when I come. And I know I'm an employee now, but even as yeah. a customer for the last 20 years, I never felt that way with, like, any of the topics, right? Like, you guys always seem really interested to be like, no, let me educate you. And now we have an opportunity to do this through the podcast, too. So I'm really hoping, if nothing else, we're just converting a whole new audience of I people hope. to go, like, oh, you mean I don't have to go to Bill Jill? I can go yeah. and try something yeah. a little funky, you yeah, know? We can guide yeah. you. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you saying that about me. I do You're have welcome. a lot of passion about it, but I couldn't have done it yeah. without TJ because I don't know the real details, and I wouldn't want to be up here spouting about I love it. Small, medium, stuff. large. It works. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, I'm interested. I want to learn. I know you're passionate. You're obviously an expert in what you're doing yeah, here, thank TJ. You. It's amazing. Yeah, seriously. Thank you. Yeah, I TJ, appreciate you got, it. You got a lot of compliments on the side. They uh, they said that TJ knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah. I asked some of the guys because I like, are we doing okay? Are we, is TJ going to remember all this stuff? Right. And they're like, no, no, no. He's, he's, he knows exactly what he's doing. I could tell. He took notes. Look at that. Yeah, you yeah. guys both came with notes. It was amazing. Yeah, because it was too much wine for me. Was, Remember that, audience. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. And then I'm, I, can't imagine. I'm, I don't want to say it, but I'm debating. You just said coffee, and that was a whole other thing in Italy. Oh, it was yeah, amazing. It's very Wait. easy to order coffee in Italy because basically it's just espresso. espresso. Perfect. I, and that's yeah. it. I'm in. And you don't say espresso, you say a cafe. Yeah. Cafe. Yeah. And it's always espresso. Duo cafe. And always <laughs> delicious. And if you try to get 
fancy and order Americano, you know, it's this they, big. They thumb their nose at you. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, yeah, <laughs> coffee in Italy, <laughs> that was a cool thing. Uh, I remember Don talking a little bit about that when he was in here with us, too. We'll have to get Fredo in here. I would love to. Fredo Fredo will tell you all about Italian coffee. Fredo will be in the Barolo bathtub (laughs) with me at this point, he sounds like. I'm into it. Listen, we got got an extra barrel coming my way. I'm ready. We would drive 20 minutes out of our way to get a good good cup of cafe. Yep. He was almost as passionate about his coffee as he was his wines. You you know, I think this is my takeaway from our last Italy episode, which is that Europe, and and again, in this case, Italy, really, there's such a um, respect and reverence for what you're eating and what you're taking in. There's like a patience and zest for life that I feel like the American culture sometimes loses sight of. Uh, So to me, it's really refreshing to hear these stories because I'm like, oh, yeah, no, 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 let's get excited about this again. The energy in the coffee places, the rest stops, and anywhere you get coffee, the energy is just electric. I love it. It's awesome. I I really it's clinking. hope it's like there's so much activity. You don't know what's happening. It's like yeah, co- and so many coffee, so That's much coffee being consumed. It's crazy. But it sounds so, like so much fun, and it's such oh, an experience, yeah. and we just don't get that kind of thing. Oh, you know, it was. It's kind of. It's kind of. Well, next time you go, I'm going to have you make so coffee we list. Need, no, I don't think you can do it in America. I don't, I don't think, think we could do. I don't think you can do it in I stores. I think we could. I don't think we could. I mean. Starbucks but doesn't not, do it. They've I know. Let's beep, not do. Beep, let's you know. not do what Starbucks does. Let's just do a straight espresso it's bar. The old. It's the. It's the. This thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's the right. tamping. There's clinking. Yeah. There's, oh. I'm into it. Let's make really that happen. Cool. I mean, oh, if man, not, we just that. do one right in here. We'll try it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll have a very yeah. limited group. I've got like six chairs up in in Santa Luga that she opened the restaurant for us. And I mean, we ordered yeah. so much coffee, and she was just making a racket. It sounded like she was clanging pans around. The bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't care. If you're she hungry, might have. I don't know. If you're yeah. hungry in Italy and they're closed, they're gonna, they'll open the restaurant up. They're not gonna let you go. That's hungry. beautiful. No. Yeah, they love cool. food so much. And then I, I thought you were going to bring up that gas station we stopped at that had the, the pig roasting on the Oh, spit. yeah. That was awesome. At a gas station. <laughs> yeah. It's my kind of gas station. Yeah. yeah. This place was legit. I mean, every rest. What, what were they even called? They weren't gas stations. They were. Auto auto grills. Yeah, auto grills. So yeah. you would go in and not only what is it a coffee bar, but then they have like a sandwich shop. But like a really, not Subway. No, that no stuff. but like, like a good. A legit sandwich, sandwich shop. And then this place off to the side is the barbecue joint, whole pig on a spit. Yeah. It's amazing. Away. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, so I'm going for sure. <laughs> yeah. Even if I That's like, listen, saying. I'm just going to do, I'm going to pull a Jimmy next year. When yeah. I hear about this, I'm going to ask You're both of you. I'll be like, uh-huh. listen, guys, I, I think there's a lot of uh, action for the podcast yes. on this. Uh, the customers really need me to leave the country. Yeah. So that's me. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I no, appreciate thanks, it. This it beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's always fun. Thank you, yeah. TJ. Yeah, you're welcome back yeah. anytime. Let me know when you've got any updates on any of that stuff. I'd love sure. to broadcast it out there for you. Of course, Jimmy, thanks for sharing your knowledge and passion. My I appreciate pleasure. that. Yeah. Awesome. Me too. Well, that's the show, everyone. Hope to see you all this weekend at Wine Fest and Pickle Wars. I wanted to close this episode out with everyone's favorite instrument, the bagpipes. In the meantime, I'll see you out there, well, at WineFest. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Borison.